All right, let's go to the comments line. Speak now with a good friend uh, uh, and really a great leader, Rabbi David Seth Kirshner, senior rabbi of Temple Emanuel in close New Jersey, president of the New York Board of Rabbis. Good morning, Rabbi Kirshner. Good morning, Rabbi. Good morning, Deacon. It's uh, the lights of the Hanukkah menorah aren't as bright tonight, yeah. and uh, all of our hearts are aching right now with the city of New York and especially the families of the Lou family and the Ramos family. And on behalf of the Board of Rabbis and our congregation here in Closter, I think Jews everywhere, we just want to extend our condolences to these families, to this uh, poor young boy who lost his father, this poor young widow who just lost her newlywed husband. And just a, a horrible, horrible day for uh, for our city and, uh, and for all of New York's finest who put their life on the line every day. You know, here we are, a week of Hanukkah and Christmas when families should be celebrating the moment and being with one another and how that has been ruined, destroyed uh, because of this assassin. Uh, but as I said before, this doesn't happen in a vacuum. There's been a climate of divisiveness. There have been words of destruction uh, that have been used over and over again. I know people obviously are opposed to racial profiling, but let's face it, there's been a lot of police profiling that's gone on uh, of late. And There indeed has. You know, there are consequences when you keep saying, you know, we want dead cops, even though if you're not the one saying it, you're an organizer and you allow people, other people to say it. Don't you share some responsibility for that kind of hate? I don't think it should be any form of conversation. It's very interesting. One of the most famous debates between two schools of thought in Jewish law is Hillel and Shammai when it comes to Hanukkah. So the idea of lighting the Hanukkah menorah, the Hanukkiah, is that it should reenact the time of the temple. So the school of Shammai said we should start with eight lights on the first night and work our way down. Hillel said we should start with one light and work our way up. Hillel ends up winning because while Shammai's idea makes much more sense, Hillel's idea leads to a sense of culmination and excitement. There's a phrase that says, when it comes to holy things we add, we don't take away. So Hillel wins, but Hillel and Shammai, even though they come from different schools and different thoughts and different approaches, their children married, they shared a friendship, they visited the sick and the elderly together. This was a great example of what it looks like for people who aren't on exactly the same page or have two different vantage points or from two different schools of thought but can collaborate and work together and listen and understand each other respectfully. And that's a model that we need to start incorporating into our city. There are guidelines for protest. There are guidelines for uh, expression. You know, you don't simply say anything uh, because you can get away with it. Because here, this is what could happen. This is what could happen. I know when people participate in the protest, they didn't think that cops were going to get killed. But you know what? They have to think what I say could somehow inspire someone to do something drastic. The principle of unintended consequences. Right? It could happen. And by the way, in Jewish tradition, I'm sure this is true of uh, all tr- religious traditions, we don't have what's known as the innocent bystander. No. Right? No. If, if something happens and you close your eyes to it, give me a simple example. A golden calf was uh, constructed and Aaron was blamed. Now, Aaron didn't participate in the construction of the calf, but you know what he did? He permitted it to go on. Mm-hmm. He didn't stop it. Mm-hmm. And when you have uh, all of those uh, hateful expressions, all of that, you, you know, that uh, inflammatory rhetoric, and you stand there and do nothing, you don't say anything, then... And you almost revel in the glow of the right, fire. You're, 
then you're part of the problem. You're not solving anything. Well, the most famous case of that, Deacon and Rabbi, is the case of what led to the destruction of the temple, where someone was kicked out of a celebration, and the rabbi sat there silently. And the idea is that silence is a form of assent, Mm -hmm. meaning for all of us who said and did nothing, shame on us. And for all of us who allowed that to happen without standing up, shame on us. And you know what? I think the beauty of this country is that it provides us with a forum to protest. It provides us with a forum to say we disagree with something that happens. That is the beauty, the health, the, the, the breadth of this country. And whenever I see it in an organized fashion, I feel so proud to be an American. But when rhetoric comes in and hatefulness comes in and incitement comes in, that's where that same level of protest needs to stop, and we need to put our hands up and say, this is unacceptable, this has crossed the line. We're speaking with Rabbi David Seth uh, Kirshner, who's the senior rabbi at Temple Emanuel at Clarkston, New Jersey. He's also the president of the New York Board of Rabbis. Um, both rabbis here, very honored to be with both of you. Um, in, in Catholicism, when we're at our best, our theology shows a both end, not an either or. Catholicism is not based on uh, a duality, but it's actually based on, on a universality, that there's, there's room for, for, for both. And in, in the, if you look at the construct of how we speak to one another in the last generation of America, and I think there's a lot of people to blame for this, and talk radio is one of them, we have come to the point where we don't talk, we don't communicate, we shout and we demif- uh, 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 demonize. And w- that's where we create a fact that now I can no longer speak to you because you're not worthy of me. You're not worthy of my time. You're beneath me. And I think this is the latest example of where we have two com- people who have re- legitimate things to speak about, legitimate things to say. But we've gotten to the point now where... We don't. We can't speak. There are no good cops. There are no black young kids that, that are good. You know, we've created these dichotomies that are absurd, and now the consequences of those now lead to the the, the horror that we find ourselves in today. Uh, I, I really think, as religious leaders, we need to be able to find the, the ability to listen to each other, not to give up where we stand, but to say that you have a right to be at the table. Not, however, not, however, to be there to inflame. To, to uh, caricaturize, I, I didn't say that correctly, but to, char- to make a caricature out of the reality that we're in. Those things have to be put in their place by both sides. And not to be deceptive by coming to the table, sitting there, saying the right things, and then going back to your constituency and inflaming further. You know, you can't have, you can't have duplicitous behavior and get away with it. This is not about cops versus communities. This is about decent versus indecent. And we have How about to, good versus evil? Yeah. Well, however you yeah. define it, but you can't. You can't portray the entire police department as being evil. You know, it, it just, it is so offensive, morally offensive, and we can't be silent in the face of it. Rabbi? I would say it's more than offensive. It's not true. Uh, every, I'm in the city almost uh, four or five times a week. I live in New Jersey. I come across officers sometimes more than I want, but if I'm going too quickly on the West Side Highway. But they, they always, almost always, treat me with kindness, with politeness, with respect, of course, in every world, there are, there are people who sometimes wake up on the wrong side of the bed, but these are people who put their life on the line for us every day, just like the firefighters of New York, just like the first responders in the emergency services field. And it's our responsibility to show our appreciation for them and not to demonize them. You know, going to something you said, uh, Deacon McCormick, I, I think in our culture, in our society, we have done a, a really poor job of accepting those we disagree with. 
we seem to create camps. And we do this in the religious world, which is very dangerous. And the camp says, if you don't agree with me, you're in the category of wrong. And there's no space for wrong. Mm -hmm. And I would argue that we need to allow everyone the right to be wrong, if you will. The right to disagree, the right to have a different opinion. It was Voltaire who once said, I disagree with everything you Mm -hmm. say, but I'll fight to my dying day for your right to say it. And if we, we don't incorporate that value into our rhetoric, into the way that we engage with others, into the way that we put our arm around another, then we will all fall. Not some of us will fall. We will all fall. Isn't it interesting how we go back to our respective religious sources? We, We know or we should know the right thing to do and say, but somehow the movie and the book are so different from one another today. Uh, I, look at, I look at Bed-Stuy, for example. Here was, you had an unfortunate incident of a young man killed in the, the NYCHA housing, right? The stairwell was a darkened stairwell. And tragedy, tra- tragedy, really tragedy, horrible, horrible, horrible. That same community that was angry, you know, uh, about what happened, uh, was the same was the community that asked for more police coverage. These police were in Bed-Stuy because of request of the community to have more police there. So, so you know, what are we saying here, that all cops are no good, but we want more cops? You can't have it like that. Yeah, it's not true. Listen, our synagogue was under uh, some intense issues uh, during the Operation Protective Edge this summer. And the police officers of New Jersey, of close to New Jersey, the FBI, every team we work with went above and beyond. And I don't think there was one of them who was of our faith, meaning their fight was not because it's only their job. Their fight was they believed that if someone attacks our religion, they're attacking the other religion. If someone attacks a black person, eventually they're going to check an Asian American, they're going to check a Latino American. This is not what America is about, and our responsibility is to celebrate all of them. That's the brightness of what Hanukkah is about. That is what this holiday is about. And and that's, I think, what the essence and core of Christmas is about for the Christian faith. And uh, I'm really sad that it takes these moments to serve as defibrillators, mm-hmm. to shock us back into where we need to be, because it's just not fair to these two souls. That I, had to be I was reading the story. One of the police, uh, we all recall uh, about one of the police officers uh, recently who took off his shoes. Oh, no, he went to buy shoes last year, right? right, for a homeless person. Yes. He says, what do you need? And he said, gee, I need shoes. So he went, went into a store out of his own money, bought the shoes. This was one of the officers, by the way, who was uh, verbally attacked uh, during a demonstration. This officer who tried to do the, or did the right thing uh, was treated as a pariah by protesters. This is how bad it's got, where everybody is tarnished. Everybody, you know, is seen as being wrong. Everybody is evil. Until you need the police, until you want protection, all of a sudden, uh, people are able to make distinctions. You shouldn't have to wait that long to make a distinction. There are bad clergy. There are bad teachers. There are bad cops. There are bad of everything. I've never met, you know, a profession where you don't have some people who hurt you, where you don't have some people who shame you. But, my God, let's not use that brush for everyone. Yeah, there was just a case of a, of a woman who was stealing eggs in a grocery store, and the police came, and the officer said, I will pay for your eggs on the condition that you never shoplift again. And he also paid for milk and butter. He said, if you can't afford eggs, you can't afford milk and butter. And it was a beautiful story. And sadly, these stories don't even make the news. They don't even make the, the, the headlines. And these are the stories of real people making a difference as well. Uh, because they get the essence of what people are out there doing. And, and I think that that's, um, 
that needs to be shared. Look, right after uh, you come on the air today, you're on the air, there is a, a detective, uh, Stephen McDonald, and everybody knows the story of Steve McDonald, uh, who was in a wheelchair as a result of being shot while he was a cop. His son, Connor, is a cop. So, so is uh, uh, Detective, he's still on. Right. Yeah, he, obviously his duty's yeah, but, different, but, right, yeah, yeah. Right. but his, his son, son became one. His yep. son is perpetuating yep. his legacy. Yep. Yep. So here you have, here you have someone who, who paid the severe price. His son is continuing the tradition of being a policeman. So there is something very honorable here that needs to be recognized. Uh, we're going to say that Steve McDonald, Colin McDonald, they're, what, are, what are they? They're prejudicial? They're evil? I mean, this is, this is how sick it's become. And what bothers me, Rabbi, is that we as leaders too often permit those who really are not leaders to come to the foreground uh, uh, and state the case for everyone else. They should not be in the front. They shouldn't be there, and we allow them to go to the front. Well, I, I agree. And one thing I would like to do for all your listeners is I want to encourage all of the members of the New York Board of Rabbis, and I would say all of the members of the clergy, to make it their point over this holiday week and this holiday season to find an avenue to express their condolences to this family, to come to the wake, to participate in the memorial services that will happen, and let the FDNY, let the NYPD, let the city of New York, and most importantly, let these bereaved families know that we stand with them. Don't let them feel alone. Uh, it's important for them to know that we are with them in times of happiness and in times of sadness. And this tragedy is one that affects them most acutely, but all of our hearts are, ach- are aching with theirs. Yeah, well, you, you and I know we are going to be making arrangements so that there are representatives of different faith traditions present at all of those services. There has to be, uh, you know, we, we've had, you know, when, when someone say, I've had enough, enough of the thunder, give me some lightning now. You know, we've had enough heat, give me some light. People need to see that uh, the caring community out there. Uh, this is our loss. These families are our family. So uh, you're right. Thank you so much. Rabbi My David Seth Kirshner. Listen, Deacon, I want to wish you and your, your constituents a Merry Christmas and to uh, Rabbi Happy Hanukkah and everyone a blessed New Year. And right back at you, Rabbi. Thank uh, right. you very much. Thanks for being with us.